Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular's single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. I should start off by saying that I had a 10-pound, 4-ounce baby <laughs> my first time around. So so that's a big baby. You know, my mom is a hippie, and I definitely inherited some of those hippie traits from her. And she told me about her birth, and it was just beautiful, natural, you know, easy in her recollection of it anyway. And so that's what I envisioned me going in and doing everything without drugs and just managing my pain with my breath. This is Kinsey Moreland. She's a listener who wrote to tell me her birth story. It's a story that I've heard from a lot of you. It goes like this. You wanted a birth with no drugs, no surgery. You got a midwife, maybe a doula. You took classes to manage the pain. You were feeling confident. I mean, you were scared, but, but ready. Then at the hospital, things got complicated and... Goodbye, midwives. Hello, surgical team. You wound up with a C-section. This is The Longest Shortest Time. I'm Hillary Frank. Today, we're going to talk about the cesarean, one of the most common surgeries in America. Now, this is one of those topics that is just, it's so charged. People have all kinds of different intense feelings about it. In fact, there's so much to say about C-sections that we're doing a couple of episodes on them. Next week, we'll be going into the history of C-sections, and we'll hear from a bunch of listeners. This week, though, we're going to spend some time with just two people. The first person is Kinsey, who we just heard from. She didn't want a C-section. She got one anyway. She obsessed over it. We'll be getting to that. The other person is a man. We'll be trying this experiment with him. It's a little weird, but what can I say? I like weird. A few years ago, Kinsey was pregnant with her first kid, massively pregnant. She's more than a week overdue. She's sitting on a yoga ball playing a board game. And then her water breaks, just like in the movies. At the hospital, Kinsey's contractions are coming on fast and furious. She's doing everything she learned in her hypnobirthing class. Breathing and taking showers and bouncing on my yoga ball and you know, getting hands and knees on the bed and moving around, making my husband massage my back and everything was going fine. I thought I was, you know, I was stoked. I was doing great. But after eight hours of this, she is not dilating like at all. And the baby's heart rate is dropping. Kinsey gets rushed into a C-section. First, they drugged me up. They put the needle in my spine and feeling nauseous and feeling 
disconnected and, you know, super high, <laughs> very out of it. And then they wheeled me into the operating room and there's a lot of beeping and a lot of humming, a lot of noise, lots of people all around me just looking at you. It was the day after Christmas. So everyone was talking about what they had done <laughs> for Christmas and what they had gotten. And everyone was also talking about how big my baby was. So there was a a wager that went around saying, oh, well, let's see if this one's bigger than 11 pounds. There's joking. So much joking. I have a tattoo that is actually right where the cesarean incision goes. And so there was a lot of joking about, okay, we'll see if we can get this back together in the right way, but no promises. <laughs> it was. Did they? <laughs> I don't even know, actually. It's a it's such a, it was like 18 Japanese symbol cliche. Um, so I don't even know what it's supposed to look like anymore at this point. <laughs> I don't think they did though. It is definitely a little off kilter. At some point, someone on the surgical team remembers that Kinsey's husband is still waiting back in the labor and delivery room. So they go get him. He walks in to a complete shock. There's a drape hanging down that um, divides Kinsey's head and shoulders from the surgery side of her body. And Kinsey's husband is on the wrong side of that drape. So he saw me splayed open. So yeah, the most terrifying moment was looking at my husband's face. What did his face look like? <laughs> it was ghost white and his eyes were big. And I was like, why, are, why do you look like this? Why are you looking like that? He sits down next to her head. And Kinsey gets him to talk her through a hypnobirthing meditation. She says it's more for his sake than hers. And then I hear, you know, some movement. I feel some tugging and pulling and I hear crying and it's like over the left shoulder and I look over and he's already out and getting weighed and wiped up by the nurses. And um, I, I was like, honey, sing, sing him a song. And he tried to sing ABCs. But he's so freaked out, he messes it up. Next, the nurses put the baby on Kinsey's chest. And, you know, being numb when you're holding your baby for the first time is weird. <laughs> Breastfeeding him for the first time and not really being able to feel my boob was weird. Oh, because you're, I imagined you would be numb from like below your chest down. But where does, where does the numbness start? Um, armpits. So, oh, wow. yeah, it goes way up and you, you're numb for an hour or so afterward. So you're sitting in there and you're holding your baby, but it's you don't feel like you're a complete person. I mean, I remember looking down and seeing that my legs were bent and it like blew my mind because I was like, oh, my God, no, my legs were straight. Why are my legs bent? It's like her head and her body are two different people. Yeah, it it feels like I'm a camera looking in at myself when I think of my birth because I was so not there. I was so disconnected. I was, yes, I felt a little bit scared and I felt sad and I felt overwhelmed. Um, but I think I felt too much of those things. And so just mentally disconnected myself from it all and sort of let things happen to me. And that's all you can do. You just have to give up all control. You have no control, none. The baby is spitting up a lot. So the nurses take him away for tests. Meanwhile, family members start coming in to visit, one at a time. First Kinsey's mom, then her mother-in-law, then her father-in-law. And I don't know why he set it off over anyone else, but he asked me how I felt, and I just started bawling, crying, and was 
just started, you know, talking about how I'm so I'm so disappointed in myself and how I could have tried harder and I wish they would have let me try harder and I blame myself a lot, I guess. This thing that um that you hear Kinsey doing, beating herself up, feeling like a failure, I hear this so much around traumatic births. I know I did it and and I didn't even have a C-section. For more than two years after the birth, Kinsey obsessed over it. She was picturing what she could have done differently. You know, maybe if she hadn't accepted the IV at the hospital, her hypnobirthing teacher had advised her to refuse it. Or maybe if if she'd asked for just a little more time once the baby's heart rate started dropping. At home, when she slept, she'd have these dreams. Having dreams of like, of having him vaginally. (laughs) I don't know if that was like fulfilling my, my fantasy, but... I would wake up and and be like, yeah, I just, yeah, I just gave birth. (laughs) Oh, wait, no, that happened a week ago. And he didn't come out of, out of the normal way, you know? And so, yeah, I kind of obsessed with it. Fast forward a couple of years. Kinsey is pregnant again. She desperately wants a VBAC. That's a vaginal birth after cesarean. But late in her pregnancy, there are no signs that she's going into labor. Her doctor says it's just too risky to wait it out. Her C-section scar could bust open. She tells Kinsey she should really plan a C-section, and Kinsey's bummed. But her doctor says, hey, it might not be as bad as you think. So there was all this excited chatter from the doctors and the surgeons, and they came over and they were kind of like, "Um, we have this thing, we have this new thing, and we wanted to see if you would be interested in trying it. And essentially, it's so simple. It's such a simple thing. It's It's this ridiculously simple thing that erases all of Kinsey's nightmares and guilt over her first birth. And I'm going to tell you all about it later in this episode. First, though, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll be doing our little man experiment. Don't go away. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater. And this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley. For the love of home. We are back. Like I said, we will return to Kinsey and that simple little thing that we are talking about. But right now, it's time for an installment of our Childless Man series. I like to think of these pieces as explainers of parenting basics. 
Last time we did this, I sent This American Life's Sean Cole to learn about breast pumps. That was episode 40, if you want to check it out. Today, we have a new childless man mission. Hi, Ian. Hello. Ian Chillog's an old friend of mine. He produces the NPR news quiz, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, and he hosts a podcast called How to Do Everything. I thought he'd be a good fit for our C-section explainer since his show is all about explaining things. What do you know about C-sections? Um, well, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure that I know anything, but I, I think it's basically like, uh, like a babyectomy. It's where the, you know, the baby is taken out of you surgically rather than, you know, the vaginal birth. It's we. this is weird to put into words. I sent Ian to a C-section simulation. It's something I heard about from some listeners in Chicago. They said their husbands had done it as part of a childbirth class. So here's how it works. There's a series of six classes. About halfway through, the teacher talks about C-sections, and she does this demonstration. She picks somebody, you know, usually an expecting dad or a non-gestational mom, to lie on a table. And she kind of acts out a C-section. The people who told me about this thing, they said that their partners were still talking about it years later. I wanted to have Ian give this a try because I had an idea. You know, Kinsey, as we heard, was traumatized by her C-section. Now, I need to say here that this is not how it is for everyone. I've heard plenty of moms say their C-sections were a relief. But this tendency to obsess, like Kinsey did, I hear this a lot, too, especially with unexpected C-sections. So what if you could just take the expectation out of it? And the way to do that, right, is, is to have a person who will never, ever have to face a real C-section get a fake one. I, I'm nervous. Why are you feeling nervous? Well, I mean, I, I was thinking about it all day today. And uh, at one point I realized that maybe I would have to wear one of the paper gowns, you know? Yeah. And then later I was wondering what underwear I should wear. And I was taking a really comprehensive shower. Like I was worrying about what if I fart while it's happening and I was But then I, but then I realized that like all the worries I was having were about me. And then I realized that it you know that's something that I think is going to be really hard to simulate because if I was actually having a baby, I would be worried about the baby. Hmm. So <laughs> maybe this will sound terrible, but I was not worried about the baby in the moments where I felt like I was going to die. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I was worried about like, am I going to get blood on my socks? Like, you know, in, in labor. Yeah. Okay, good. I mean, or, or we're both narcissists. <laughs> well, on a hot summer night, Ian drove to the Sage Community Health Center in Chicago to meet Amy Catania, who teaches the C-section simulation class. Hi, good to see you. You I'm Mike, hello. Hello, Mike. Mike. The Mike here is Mike Danforth. He co-hosts How to Do Everything with Ian. Ian brought him along to hold the microphone and observe. So Amy takes them upstairs to the health clinic. 
She's a soft-spoken woman with a nervous laugh. She explains to Ian and Mike that she's a doula and a childbirth educator, and she teaches the birthing from within model. It's a holistic approach that's all about helping moms cope with birth, no matter what happens. Um, and so what I'm going to do is take you through a role play of what happens during a cesarean and what parents might feel, might see, smell, hear. So then um, she walked us over to a massage table, which was going to play the role of the operating table. Okay, so I'm going to have you go ahead and lie down. And um, she put a surgical gown on me. I was still clothed, but she put a surgical gown on me and then took it off. It's sort of an absurd moment where they, they put you into this gown and then they take it away immediately. So is Ian now technically naked? Yeah, it's, it's entirely possible. Um, yeah, everything below Ian's chest is about to become a sterile surgical field. So there's really no point in having on a hospital gown at this point. Amy told Ian about the dramatic transition from the labor environment to the surgical environment. The cold room, the brighter lights... She showed this by flipping on the overheads. She talked about how you go from having an intimate birth team, you know, just your partner and a couple of attendants, to a large team. Amy put on scrubs and a surgical mask and bonnet to demonstrate this. She put a bonnet on Ian, too, and took away his glasses. She told Ian how noisy the room can be. She talked about how, you know, you may hear two people in the corner talking about something on Netflix. Sometimes people think, oh my gosh, this is my birth. That's that's so not what I expected. I wanted candles and people to understand how sacred it was going to be. Instead, I got to hear about what was on HBO yesterday. Or, you know, joking about how huge your baby's going to be or, or whether they'll be able to put your cliched Japanese tattoo back together. But moms can remember that, you know, those staff each do have a very important job. And that if they are chatting, you know, that might be what actually puts them at ease. Or it might mean that they are at ease. And that's a great sign. We want surgeons to have a steady hand, and we want them to be comfortable. When I heard this tape from Amy, it struck me that Kinsey did not realize that surgeon chit-chat was good news. It just seemed to throw her for a loop. And then... We just put a, a, a doll on Anne's belly. <laughs> she said a baby doll and what felt like maybe a pile of cloth. Under a sheet. Where, you know, a gestating baby would be. Um, and then, and so then she set these two tables. So we have a table here on either side so of the then, operating table, and laid my arms on the table. And her arms will be restrained, as in in handcuffs, or you know, soft handcuffy things. So I'm I'm kind of in Jesus position, crucified Jesus. Yeah, that's that's the one. Yes. Does every place do this? No. Um, right now in Chicago, it's, it's, it's pretty standard. Um, and there's a couple of reasons for this. Reason one, doctors need easy access to a mom's arms to check her blood pressure and the drugs going into her IV. Reason two, those drugs can give a mom the shakes. So the restraints help to keep her arms steady. And there's one more reason I'll get to in a minute. Okay, so you're, so you're lying in this kind of crucified position yes with my uh, arms um, pretend restrained um, and then she sets up this basically the surgical tent which goes across your chest and everything 
from here below becomes a sterile field. This sterile field is reason number three why some hospitals restrain the arms. It's so that you don't reach past the tent for your baby and contaminate your own surgery. I, I feel right now like a, a, the woman in a magic show where like I've just been sawed in half because my field of vision is just my arms down to my chest and then nothing. It just it, it feels like the, the baby part of my body is a completely separate thing from me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird how the, it was immediate that I felt like I was like cut in half. Wow, really? Yeah. I was struck that it felt like anything. You know, I was struck that it was actually making, like, I'm, you know, for your purposes, kind of a reporter going through this thing. Mm -hmm. But it, it like, yeah. was actually making an emotional impact, which I found really surprising. It was interesting to me that this cut-in-half feeling had such a sudden and powerful impact on Ian. This was a big part of what made Kinsey feel so disconnected from her birth and, and left her feeling like she wanted a do-over. You'll remember this next part from Kinsey's story, too. And then her partner will join her almost as soon as the surgery is ready to begin. When partners come in, just look for mom's face and, and really be focused on, on what is not in the sterile field. I, I feel like there would, for the birth partner, there would be definitely some of that, like, don't look down, you right. know? And then, right. of course, you're going don't to. Down, don't look down. And so partners, you know, one, look at mom's face. But then also, it's okay to actually, like, lower the mask and say hello and give kisses. I'm not going to actually kiss you. But, you know, that that's really A-okay and wonderful and can make a huge difference just to be there. Uh, Mike, as as my birth partner, I, my arms are restrained. Could you scratch my nose? I'm serious. It, yeah. it, Hold on. Right there. Yeah, thank you. Thank, that's, that's, that'll suffice. It's good. Yeah, okay, stop once the birth partner comes in, Amy says, the baby will be born soon, like in 10 or 15 minutes. But you might be surprised by the smell. And it's, it smells like something cooking, and that's actually because there's cauterization happening. Cauterization is when the doctor seals off your incision by burning it, you know, to keep you from bleeding out. I remember one mom asking, what's that smell? And her anesthesiologist saying, that's you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and this is the trade-off, one of the trade-offs, right, of being awake and aware and present for the birth of one's baby while having major abdominal surgery at the same time. I have to say, like, the, uh, it, just you talking about the cauterization smell yeah. and not knowing what that is. Right. And you have, like, this, most of your body is, you have no sensations, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because you've been... Uh, uh, numbed that I feel like you would want like you would want some kind of subtitles or like golf announcers who are, who are right. just like the smell you're smelling is this yes right Amy tells Ian how the surgeon cuts along a mom's bikini line and remember the rocking and tugging that Kinsey felt as her baby was being pulled out of her Amy tells him about that too and then the baby's head's about to be born. And and then suddenly the baby just... Doctors will lift yeah. <laughs> the baby over the, over the curtain. It like pops over the horizon of that tent. And it was so shocking. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's that's the result of this. Oh, <laughs> look, this, this surgery resulted in a child. Now this part, Ian thought, must be different from a real C-section. 
Like there's no way you could be caught off guard by your baby if you were actually giving birth. But Kinsey says it's pretty close to how she felt, being completely numb and seeing her son for the first time. As for Ian, he tells me that as strange as it sounds, by this point in the evening, he's feeling a little delirious. Amy frees one of his arms, puts the baby on his chest. So now you can do a little skin to skin. We can see if we can do a little cheek to cheek. Mm. There, you've touched your baby hey. for the first time. Because what's happening right now is you're already being repaired. Everything that was opened up is already being put back together. But for as long as we can, it's nice to just hang out here and just kind of do a little bonding and kissing. And kiss your baby. Mm-hmm. There you go. I'm a mom <laughs> or a dad. Or, a parent. Yeah. I'm a parent. You're a yeah. gestational mother. <laughs> <laughs> Did this experience make you think about C-sections any differently than before going into it? Um, so she asked me right when I sat on the table, she said, what do you think um, a woman who had been told she was about to have a C-section, what do you think she would be feeling? And I said, um, fear and I think maybe some disappointment. Because I've heard friends who have had cesareans talk about being disappointed because they thought they were going to have a vaginal birth and this wasn't the picture they had in their head and uh i i never i didn't understand why it would be what would be wrong with it really like that it was different than the way you were expecting sure but like why why it would feel like an upsetting choice or you know an upsetting situation i i didn't understand that and i still i still don't so this experiment it made ian feel a lot of the same things that kinsey did you know way way more than i expected honestly especially that cut in half feeling Still, the simulation did not make him understand Kinsey's obsessing, which I guess makes sense, you know, given that his entire pregnancy, surgery, and birth were imaginary. But as it turns out, Kinsey's obsessing, it's not permanent. So remember when we left off, she was at her doctor's office. She's just found out she's going to need another C-section. And the doctors are all aflutter about some new thing. And essentially, it's so simple. It's such a simple thing. It's, it's a piece of plastic, a flimsy little piece of plastic. A flap. So the C-section curtain, the blue curtain, that in the moments when they take the baby out of your stomach, they lift up the flap and you look down and they hide all the gory stuff and you see them pulling your child out of your stomach. But from... Your vantage point, because you're laying down, right, and you're looking down, you're looking through this flap, it, you know, could very well be a vaginal birth. It looked a heck of a lot like one from where I was sitting. It's a small touch, but it makes a big difference. This is Kinsey's doctor, Yvette LeCourcier. She's been letting moms watch their own C-sections for a decade. I think for me it started because there are times when the baby is not able to stay in the room with the mom. My own birth was like that, where the baby was taken out of the room and I didn't see her for three hours. I mean, it made a lasting impression for me. And so it changed kind of my practice and approach. Keep in mind, Dr. LeCourcier is an obstetrician. 
She went into her C-section knowing all the reasons C-sections can be necessary, you know, knowing every single thing that happens the second you're on the operating table. Plus, her own partner was her surgeon. You don't get more prepared or supported than that. Still, this disconnect between head and body really did a number on her. And so we need to highlight the fact that this is a birth and not just a surgery. Kinsey says, the drape with the flap totally made her bad dreams disappear. I always had to fill in that gap with my first kid. You know, I had to imagine what it was like him coming out of me. And now with my second kid, I, I know what it was like. I saw it. Dr. LeCourcier is not the only doctor using the flap. Other hospitals around the country are doing it too. It's often called the gentle or family-centered cesarean. I couldn't find any studies yet on, on how common this is or why it's effective. But it seems like there must be something about it that closes the mind-body gap that people seem to experience in C-sections, whether they're real or fake. Kinsey actually recorded her second son's birth. Here she is with her husband singing to him when he first came out. If you had a C-section, we want to hear from you. Were you traumatized or, or relieved or maybe some of both? Did you get one of the drapes with the flaps? Go to longestshortesttime.com and tell us all about it in the comments for this episode. That's episode 71. And if you are pregnant, check out that post. We've got a list there from Amy, the woman who does the cesarean role play, of things that you can do at the hospital to help get you through a C-section. Also, be sure to tune in next week when we team up with Kristen and Caroline, the fabulous research geeks at the podcast Stuff Mom Never Told You. Dr. Franklin Newell of Harvard argued they'll be telling us about the history of C-sections. That wealthy and, quote, bookish women should get cesareans. We'll also be playing tape from listeners. We'll hear all of the many, many different reasons that people get C-sections and, and how they think about them. This is super fascinating stuff for parents and non-parents alike. So don't miss that show. This podcast is produced by me, Hilary Frank, and Abigail Keel. Our engineer is the Reverend John Delore. Our theme music is by The Batteries Duo. Special thanks to Peter Clowney, Anne-Marie Baldonado, Antonia Akitunde, Joanna Solitaroff, Caitlin Pierce, and Brooke Binkowski. Subscribe to our show in iTunes, and while you're there, write us a review. Doing these things will help new people find our show. And, of course, as always, here at The Longest Shortest Time, we want you on our show. So, pitch us your stories. It can be anything about your relationship with your kids or your relationship with your parents or, you know, how you're not sure you even want kids at all. Most important thing is to surprise us. That means telling us something that you think we've never heard before. So go to LongestShortestTime.com and submit your story. Thank you. 
Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Stand up. You sing your wolf? This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Adam Sachs, and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf! The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.